Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We're on the 68th podcast this morning. We're talking about courage, and you know, courage only comes from God. Courage only comes from that place where uh, God alone uh, can take you over the edge. God alone can give you that courage you need. I think courage is learned. It's a learned behavior, I believe, Stephanie. I believe it's something that's learned in the Word of God. It's something that's found with the, the Holy Spirit resting in our hearts. And some people think courage is, uh, you know, uh, it's genetic and I'm not courageous because, you know, my dad or my mom wasn't courageous or whatever the case may be. That's not the case. We serve a courageous God. We serve a wonderful God. We serve a God who takes care of all those things. It wasn't that long ago, Stephanie, I was over at the VA hospital and uh, one of the men who's on the same appointment schedule as me, uh, he had won a Medal of Honor in the Marine Corps not too long ago, one of the last ones given. And uh, I sit next to him and he was blind in one eye. And, uh, and I got talking to him. He's just a fine young man. His, his, his name is Kyle. And uh, actually what Kyle did, I often think about this folks. And I often think about this when I worried about things in my life. And I, you know, so Kyle's appointment is 15 minutes after mine every six months at the VA clinic. And we had like seven or eight right in a row. I haven't seen him lately. So obviously one of us got off schedule somewhere, but he, he's a, uh, high school teacher not too far up the road from here. And I was sitting there talking to him one day, and I just tried to encourage him over about three appointments in a year and a half. And about the third time I walked in and he said, hey, Sergeant Major, how are you? And I said, please call me Doug. He said, Doug, what's going on? I started talking to him. And I finally felt comfortable. You know, I had heard that he had jumped on this hand grenade uh, for his Marines. I heard that he had uh, taken the brunt of this hand grenade that was thrown in at him and uh, so that his friends wouldn't die. So I looked at him that morning and I said, Kyle, I said, can I ask you a question? He said, you can, Sergeant Major. And I said, I guess the question for me to ask is this. I said, uh, uh, why? Why did you do it? How did you muster up the strength, the courage to jump on that hand grenade? And his uh, his answer amazed me. It just, uh, to this day, I'm still kind of weirded out about his answer. But it makes so much sense from a hero like this. It makes so much sense. It's so pertinent. He told me it was my turn to jump on that hand grenade. He said, you see, we uh, had made a decision every day for my small group of people uh, whose turn it was. And that particular day, it was my turn if a grenade came in, if explosives were in, whosever day it was, we had to jump on that explosive. And he said, we practiced that. We practiced it in basic training and we practiced it in the NCO schools and we practiced it in all these different things we did. But he said, Sergeant Major, I'm still trying to get him to call me Doug. He said, Sergeant Major, it was my turn. He said, I'm not a hero. I don't have courage. I just did my job. Well, folks, as we come to you this morning and we talk about this thing called, uh, about courage, sometimes we just do our job. And uh, we trust in that. And uh, I remember when I came in the Army, one of the first things that happens to you is you go through basic training. And basic training has a few goals. And uh, the first goal is to 
get everybody in the same place. So you, you come into a reception battalion, everybody gets their hair shaved. Everybody gets the exact same uniform. Everybody has to meet the same standards. Everybody just has to do those things. And while you're there in basic training, first thing you got to realize is you're the same as everybody else. You're a soldier and you need to do your job. By the time you graduate from basic training, you know the basics of being a soldier. You know how to load a rifle. You know how to fire a rifle. You know how to clean a rifle. You know how to look out for your buddies. You know how to move as an individual. You know how to move as a group. You know how to identify the enemy. You know how to do all those things. And knowing those things, uh, Stephanie, having all those things thrown on your mind, knowing those things, they give you a little more courage to do the things you have to do in your military career. Because you say, I'm going to know what the bad guy's plane looks like. I'm going to know what the bad guy's tanks look like. I'm going to know uh, when somebody's coming in on an attack or if someone's just messing with us, I'm going to know the difference. And folks, that's where we need basic training in God. Uh, we should all have uh, a discipleship program at our local churches. We should go back to the foundation of learning what we believe, what we accepted when we accepted Jesus Christ. We, we should go back to that foundation. Well, anyway, I want to start with you. I did all that as introduction just to tell you that uh, most of you listen to this. We're very courageous people. You went through terrible traumas. You were physically abused. You saw terrible things in combat. You saw terrible things, <coughs> excuse me, as a first responder. You, you've been through all that, but it, we need to continue this on. We need to continue to go. And the Bible tells us in Joshua 1.9 this morning, it says, have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And I remember, you know, we're sitting here as we broadcast this podcast. It's actually May 5th as we're putting together this podcast. And uh, in, in May 5th in 2020, as this thing comes together, we're right smack dab in the middle of this uh coronavirus thing, and people have different fears, and I get that. I totally get that. Some people have immune system problems and things of that nature, and other people are saying, man, I just want to go back to work. If I get the flu, I get the flu. Uh, have some courage, man. And I, I think God's saying uh, courage in this is just trust in God and whatsoever he has for us. Not, not everybody has to work outside their home. Not everybody who's had cancer or something has to go to Walmart at the same time. Uh, it's okay to wear a face mask, but to be to trust in Christ, to have the courage to know no matter what happens to us, God is on our side. You know, Stephanie, as I look at this this morning, as I pass that off to you, thinking about courage, talking about my dear friend Kyle, uh, thinking about these things we go through, what comes to your mind when you think about courage? I, I truly believe courage is something that um, often it's something that you choices you make as a young person that will lead to you being courageous as an older person. And um, I think it's something that God has somewhat, you know, he, he built us in his image and we serve very, you know, we serve a God who's not afraid. Um, we serve a God who's all powerful and we're made in his image. And so if we're following his plan for our lives, I think courage will be a part of that plan. You know, you cannot endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ unless you're courageous. And um, this, you know, this subject, there's just so many examples that in my mind of courageous uh, men and women 
in the Bible, but um, two that came to my mind, um, two examples, and there's many, many more. Um, I could hit Joseph, I could hit David, um, Joshua, Moses, I mean, just so many examples, but two that I wanted to focus on um, are the lives of Esther and Daniel. Yeah. And um, Esther is just an incredible example to me of a woman, a young lady. She wasn't even, um, I'm guessing she was not very old, um, maybe in her late teens. The Bible doesn't tell us her age, but that's kind of where I've always pictured her um, is, you know, in her late teens, maybe early 20s, but she was not that old. And yet, you know, not only had she gone through being ripped away from Mordecai and put through um, this whole ritual and, and, you know, scheduled priming to, um, you know, to be presented to the king as a prospect for his new queen. But then she's made the queen and she has to have that courage of hiding her identity as a Jew and, um, you know, taking on the role, such an important role in the kingdom there. And then Haman comes in the scene, you know, and the whole book of Esther is just um, when courage is one of the words that comes to mind whenever I read through the book of Esther and you see the courage of Mordecai, you see the courage of Esther just shining like stars. And um, in chapter four, you know, when Mordecai is, you know, tearing his clothes and putting the sackcloth and ashes um, on him and just, you know, Haman has, you know, thinks he's on top of the world. He has his plan to annihilate the Jews. And Esther says to Mordecai at the end of that chapter, he, she says, go gather together all the Jews that are present. Shishan has asked you for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so I will go in, unto the king, which is not according to the law. In other words, I'm going to have to break the law to be courageous, to stand. And it wasn't that she was trying to be disrespectful. It's not that she was trying to defy the king, but she knew that lives hung in the balance. And she says, and if I perish, I perish. And I tell you that statement should ring in the ears of every Christian because it rings in the ears. I mean, if it, I know that verse has to ring in the ears of our military when they go into combat, um, whether they know the Lord or not. But that concept of this is what I have to do. This is my job. And if I perish, I perish. And I think a part of courage is surrender. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage to surrender. Um, I remember when we were getting ready to start deputation to go to Cameroon and um, I was terrified um, ironically enough, I was terrified I would lose a child um, to a disease or to something of that nature. Um, there were snakes, you know, poisonous snakes. There was um, just so many things, you know, malaria and all those things that just kind of hung over me as I'm going to lose a child on the mission field. And um, the Lord, I will never forget when the Lord brought me just a couple of months before we officially started deputation where the Lord brought me to the place of surrendering that to him and giving that to him and just the strength and courage the Lord filled my heart with when I made that choice to surrender and the peace. There was so much peace the Lord gave me. And, you know, 
I think there's there's an element of courage where it's giving everything to God. And as we give everything to him, he fills our heart with peace and confidence in who he is. And that gives us the courage to go forward and obeying him and being the soldier that he's called us to be. And, you know, we look at Daniel. When I think of Daniel and his three friends, um, you know, another another example of young people who whose lives were turned upside down and they chose to make God their all in all. And, I mean, we see right off the bat with Daniel, you know, choosing to not eat the king's meat. I mean, they could have killed him for that. But God blessed him. God honored that courage. And um, just all throughout the book of Daniel, Daniel was used by God because of his courage yeah. and his wisdom that he got from God to influence the greatest, you know, the greatest ruler in the world at that time, Nebuchadnezzar. And then, you know, when you look at Daniel 3, um, as Nebuchadnezzar in an, in an attempt to kind of shake his fist in God's face, builds this, this statue of gold and, and demands the world to bow down to it and worship him. And everybody did who was there, you know, who was there in that area. Obviously, Daniel would, wasn't there at that point because we know Daniel would not have bowed either. But for whatever reason, Daniel was not present. And we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, that was their Babylonian names, but we have them making that choice to be courageous and saying, if we perish, we perish was in essence what they said, but we're putting our, our lives are in God's hands, but we will not bow. We will not worship this image. And, um, they say in verse 17, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand. O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Yeah. And just, I mean, if you read that story, how the Lord, you know, sometimes God does allow bad things to happen. Um, Charles being killed, yeah, I yeah. mean, that was very hard. But but in the midst of that, God gave us such peace and confidence and who he was and that perfect, there's that verse that says, perfect love casteth out fear. And even though there was still all these unknowns, I'll never forget the peace that God gave me during those days. And um, just an, an unexplainable peace and confidence in who he was. And um, looking back, I can see how he was that shield, how he was that refuge, how he was, he did miraculous things in those hours and those several days, he literally performed miracles on our behalf and he filled our hearts with a courage that I still can't explain. Um, and I think along with courage, you know, it's just one of those things that comes from God and it's something that God gives us as we choose to obey him and step out in faith yeah, yeah. and trust who he is yeah. to us. No, he. That's exactly right. I mean, it's just it. You said something right in the beginning too that I thought was good, and I thought the whole thing was good. But what you said in the beginning is courage is is trained and found uh, in your youth or when you're little, and uh, it prepares you. It puts you in the position where you need to be, and and it's it's a belief in God. It's accepting God's plan. It's it's training your heart and mind. It's it's accepting these things. And I can't help but close this one or at the end of a. Chapter one of the book of Philippians, and you know, if you if you read twenty seven, uh, if you read Philippians uh, 
chapter 1, 27 through 30, it kind of really talks about, and essentially what's happening here is, is Paul's talking to the church there at Philippi, and he's telling them to be unyielded, undivided, and unafraid of the battle. He's saying, just trust in what you've learned, trust in Christ, trust in uh, these things we're sharing with you. And if you do that, if you trust in these things, you'll be courageous. If you trust in these things, you'll be victorious. If you trust in these concepts, these precepts, these uh, this regulation, the plan I give you, you're going to be all right. And we see that uh, as we go on to verse number 27 of Philippians 1. It says, only let your conversation be as it becometh to the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And I think part of this courage, Stephanie, I think part of all of this is we stand together as one mind. We're in a group of Christians. We're in that local church. We're in, uh, we're, we're gathering together and we're of one mind where we know what's going to happen. We know what our job is. We know what our role is. And then in verse 28, it says, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries saying, listen, don't be afraid of your enemy. I've got them. They're already beat. Uh, uh, you know, the battle is the Lord's, it tells us over there in Samuel. And, and, and I think as we look at these things, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation, that of God. So he tells us, first of all, let our conversation, let our, our dealings, everything we do be of God. Let our affairs be of God, be of one spirit, be the church together, be, know that you're not here alone. Uh, we remember that Elijah out there in First Kings said, it's only me, Lord, I, I'm alone. And then God comes and there's thousands who have not bowed their knee uh, to Baal, who have not said, you're not alone. And uh, then in verse 29, it says, for unto you it is given uh, in, behalf, in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Sometimes there's a little bit of suffering in there. Having the same conflict which he saw in me, and now here uh, be of me. And I think, I, I think what's going on here is we're not to be scared out of our determination is what I'm getting, Stephanie, to serve God. We're not to worry about what our enemy's strength is. We're to worry about, we're to know what our God's strength is and that his strength will bring us to where we need to go. And friends, as we talk about courage today, I, I thank you, Stephanie, for being so honest and talking about the courage and things she didn't mention, and you guys have heard this before, having to escape to a country where there was, uh, where they were trying to kill her and her family, uh, losing her husband, that's courage. And you say, well, how was Stephanie able to do that? Stephanie had trusted in God's plan. Stephanie had knew that there was a team of believers and they were ready to go. Well, again, folks, it's always an honor to come and talk with you folks. We sure do appreciate you. We're praying for you. Pray for us. Stop by and see us on Help for Wounded Spirits uh, Facebook page, and we'll be praying that God will bless you. Uh, have a great day. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.